0: This is Confessions of a Former Mean Girl with Serena Myers. I'm a master transformation mentor and shadow guide, and I work with heart-centered, high-achieving women who are on the journey to becoming the truest version of themselves, which is only possible by first accepting all that they are. This podcast explores the lessons I've learned from my bad decisions, so you can feel better about yours. It's normal to be a messy human, so let's talk about it. Hey friend, this is a confession-heavy episode. (laughs) Also, I'm going to start off my first confession, which is that I am being a little bit cheeky in telling you that this is an episode about how to boost your productivity. Because really what we're looking at is productivity addiction, and let me tell you how this came to be. So when I decided to bring back the show, I decided that I was going to do the rather ambitious task of releasing three episodes a week, every week for the month of August to kind of kickstart the new show. And while I still think that was like a pretty cool idea, what I didn't realize was that the summer months were going to be really hard, including my cousin passing away and me losing two weeks to being home. So with that, I have found myself in this state of catch up and wanting to get myself ahead and, you know, get a little bit type A from time to time and in doing that i notice that that's when i start to be solely in my head and i check out of my heart and i know it because my intuition isn't as loud i'm finding it harder to create i find myself stuck in writer's block all these different ways because i am not honoring flow i am a slave to the clock and so i emailed my team on my first friday back because i only had a 3 day work week that week because of travel And I was like, okay, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. And it was like four o'clock on a Friday of a long weekend. And I was like, okay, what else can I do? And that's when I caught myself and said, oh shit, I'm going to have to have a conversation about productivity. Now, funnily enough, when I started therapy two years ago, the first thing that I said to the therapist is I have an unhealthy relationship with productivity. And with that, I often will entwine my productivity and my value. And if I am not staying busy, if I am not producing enough, and then by extension, that sometimes will also tap into like how much money I'm bringing in in a month. You know, if I'm not my most productive, if I'm not using every single minute of the day, then I feel like a big piece of shit. Now, here is the thing with that is that I have run in this way for so long that I don't actually know how to slow down and relax. And when I meditate, I'm often actually getting downloads for things that I can do and create and implement. Sometimes it's in my own practice, but it's usually for my business. And it's because it's the only time when I'm actually creating any sense of quiet to be able to receive. So if I was gonna go ahead and give an extended version of the title to today's episode, it would be how to be more productive and other ways to lose yourself. So where did this idea of productivity become some kind of beacon or some sort of virtue that we were striving to. I know in more recent times, it's really attached to that idea of hustle, hustle energy, hustle mindset, where, you know, you just have to put in the work, you just have to work really hard. And I know oftentimes we think about that at the beginning of things. And that way you can, you know, reap the benefits later and relax. And yeah, like I get that to a degree, especially when you're 20 years old and you have infinite energy. But what I notice is that this is something that I have had within myself long before I was an entrepreneur. I know in particular, I was like that even when I worked in corporate, and that was like a good 20 some odd years ago. Now, when I worked in corporate, they got the most value. They got basically every bit of energy from every dollar they invested in me as an employee, because anytime there was any sense of downtime, I always pivoted to what was next. Some of that was because I was a keener. Some of that was also because I worked in commission-based sales. So the harder I worked, the more I was compensated. But if I go back even further than that, you know, it was definitely something that showed up for me in high school because I was someone who was in a competitive arts program while also, you know, holding down a decent GPA while also working two part-time jobs and somehow having a social life and breaking curfew and finding myself grounded. So there was always that need for busyness. And it goes even further back, of course, into childhood, because I was a little golden child who got straight A's in elementary school and really kept myself busy, kept myself out of the house as often as I could and out with friends. And I think at the beginning, if I go, you know, all the way back to there, really, that was a coping technique for me to not have to be at home. To not have to be in my regular life to get to you know almost play not just distraction but dress up because you know the friends that I hung out with they were from different social circumstance, they had different family dynamics than I did. they just had different lives, different homes, and I got to have this taste of what the other half got to experience, so I got to have this escape. slumber parties is the same thing and This idea of escapism, when I was with my mom, I was very out there and social. Those were the kids that I went to school with, and that was kind of my life. When I was with my dad, because he moved more often, I didn't make friends very easily. I found myself really feeling socially awkward, whereas my brother would literally knock on doors and say, hi, I'm five. Do you have any kids my age? I was happy to just lose myself in a book. And so books became my distraction and my escape. Now, books are, of course, not necessarily productive, especially when you're just on like your 12th Sweet Valley High that week. But this idea of productivity, I feel, particularly in our modern life where we are constantly connected, where our phones are in our pockets and our little computers that are attached to all the information the world has to offer. I believe this idea of being productive was just a way to distract ourselves from being in our truth. Of being in our lives. So, yes, there is a degree of like, I find value in this and I have been compensated or praised for how busy I am or for the things that I create or the money that I'm making for my employer or the money I'm bringing into my own business, right? Of course, those things are validating in many ways. But if we go to the heart of it, it was like, why did that matter? Now, if we're talking about like survival, if we're talking about like, I have to work hard to make enough money to get by. That's a completely different conversation. And I would say like when it's survival, this is not a conversation for you because you are working on a different part of you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs even. What I'm talking about are the people who choose to overschedule their life, choose to have no time for themselves because they're too busy taking care of everybody else and who are finding almost like their identity in this role of nurturer, caretaker, people pleaser. I'm talking about the people who work a million hours a week, and they have this idea that they're on this career track where they, you know, they just have to keep striving for the next promotion, the next big win, the next big sale. And they will always be in a place of striving because they're looking for something outside of themselves to declare this validation and this worth. But if we can peel back these you know, success criteria that have been projected onto us. If we can peel back the programming that said, if you just work hard enough, then you can achieve anything. And where if you get certain social status, certain grades on your report card, you went to certain schools, whatever, if we can strip away all of these bullshit markers that society has created that says that this is success and this is happiness and this is joy, we can just sit in truth. We can sit in this space of everything being possible. And then getting to define for ourselves, well, what would make me happy? Well, how do I spend my time? What do I say yes to? What do I say no to? And especially if you're somebody who has people pleasing tendencies and who has been like that role in your family, it is shocking. Because what happens is we say yes, because if we don't have something immediately for ourselves to say no to, we feel like we can't say no, because you have the time, you have the energy, you have the money, whatever it is. So saying no, just because you don't want to makes you an asshole. But the thing is, is that by overcommitting and saying yes to all these things that you didn't want to say yes to in the first place, but that you didn't have a quote unquote excuse to say no to, there was no room for you to have something that is genuinely for yourself. And when you do have this time for yourself, I don't know how many times I've seen single moms whose kids go away to the grandparents for the weekend and they're just sitting in their house and they're like, I don't fucking know what to do. I've been waiting for this time for myself. And now what am I supposed to do with it? Because they've lost themselves. We give and we keep ourselves busy and we disconnect so far from who we are, what we desire, and what we even need. Oftentimes, then when we do have the opportunity to take advantage of it, we have zero idea how to use that time, that space, that energy, that money. I had a friend recently whose husband was going through this really big financial win. And he said something like, you know, you have X amount of thousands of dollars to spend on anything that you want. And it was like, what do I even do with that? Like, where do you even begin when everything is on the table? Then like, what does that mean for you?" So this is the invitation. And I'm saying this to you because it's still something that I'm working on. I catch myself all the time being like, oh, I just need to do that one more thing. And then it's seven o'clock and I haven't eaten and I'm cranky and I'm low blood sugar. And then all I want to do is sit on the couch and like check out. I would invite you first to ask yourself some questions. And let's start off with this. If money was not a question. Money was no object. And I had one day to spend however I want, but with myself. How would I spend that day? And with that, start to look at your answer. First of all, look at how easy or hard it was to come up with an answer. And then from that also, of those things that are presented to you, whether it's You're going to take yourself to the spa. You're going to go on this overnight getaway. You're going to get a whole bunch of yummy gourmet food and the best new bestseller at the bookstore. And you're going to go sit at the beach, whatever it is. Of these things, of this perfect day that you've created because you gave yourself permission for it to be literally anything, how much of that is something that you're like applying to your life right now? When was the last time you took yourself on a picnic, even if it wasn't with the finest gourmet food? What if it was a sandwich and, I don't know, a Nora Roberts novel? Nothing fancy. Just you, your sandwich, the beach, a book. Maybe some sunscreen, because, hey, let's be safe. If the whole thing was about that you were going to go to the spa or you were going to go on this, you know, overnight getaway or whatever, like, where are you making time for yourself to be pampered on a smaller scale that is, like, more aligned to your budget, your lifestyle, whatever? With the getaway... When was the last time that you just went and stayed at someone's house? Or when you went and took yourself into to a hotel room one night? Or that you went camping under the stars? Because when we have this idea of this big picture vision, it can be an indicator of what we can do on a smaller scale, on a daily scale. Now, my friend Rochelle, she every year hosts this thing called the Prosperity Game, which is based on a principle by Abraham Hicks. And I've talked about it on the show before, but every day for 30 days, you get this imaginary amount of money that is dropped into your bank account. And the only catch is that you have to have it spent by the end of the day. And each day, the amount goes up and up and up. And it gets to the point where you're like, holy shit, like what do I even do with this money? Like you just have fulfilled every possible wish that you could ever have. But the thing is, really beautiful about that practice is you start to get in the practice of being able to dream bigger. And what I noticed when I did it the first time was that everything that I was creating was a turned up version of the life I was already living. And that's how in my heart, at the end of those 30 days, I was like, damn, I have found my way into alignment. And I hadn't even realized that I had. But where even my biggest dreams were just bigger versions of the dreams I was living now. And so you might find that where you get to have this new appreciation of the life that you're living because you've already ticked these boxes. Or you might find some incongruence. Of These are the things that I feel would bring my life value, but that I am not giving to myself, that I'm not prioritizing, I'm not making time for. And with that, you then get to make a decision. Once you see it, you can change it, right? So you can look at that and say, nope, nope, I'm stuck in my ways. This is the way it's going to be. It's the way it always is. This is how we're going to do it. And you can continue to be on this kind of hamster wheel. Or you can look at it and go, okay, hold on a minute. Maybe someone else can take this kid to soccer practice. Maybe I can teach my child who is now 11 years old how to do the laundry and just give myself back like that one hour a week and they can learn the responsibility. These different ways of being able to delegate, to get help, to ask for help, to be supported. Whether it's something that someone is doing for you, whether it's something that you're hiring out, whatever it is, where you're making space for you because you're absolutely fucking worth it trust me, you are. I have not worked with one woman who at the end of it went, you know what, actually, I wasn't worth it. (laughs) What a mistake that was doing good things for myself. Not once, I swear, I promise. Now, if you have done the work where you have now looked at all these things and you said, you know what, there is a need for me to reclaim some of this for myself. I am worthy, deserving, and deliciously wanting, desiring of something luxurious, something pampering, something juicy, then I would like to invite you to the beloved retreat that I am hosting with my friend Caitlin Scott of Caitlin Scott Photography. We are putting together this beautiful inner exploration where we're doing the work of dismantling all the systems that have helped us feel stuck and powerless and held back, and where we are not only clearing everything and we're making an action plan to be able to live that truth in the world, but we are also, doing this powerful reclamation and a little spicy one because, frankly, Caitlin is a boudoir photographer and she's really gifted. And we're doing it all in this incredible five star villa in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. So, I will make sure that I have the link to that in the show notes. This retreat is very intimate, we can have nine people total. So, space is really limited getting in early is really important and payment plans are available. So I'll make sure that the link to the event is in the show notes. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to send us an email. I hope this episode has inspired you, has got you thinking, and has you ready to step into some new change, some empowered ways of being, and where you can Get to know yourself and stop using productivity as a crutch to distract you from the work that's waiting for you within. That's it for this episode. Thanks for spending this time with me. Make sure to stay in touch between episodes by following me on Instagram. I'm at Serena Myers. If this episode inspired you or you want to support the show, please give it a share to your favorite peeps and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. I'll see you next time.